Welcome, Internet, to the Pixel Play Podcast. I have a headache. But you're not here to hear about my problems. You're here to talk about all the news, rumors, and discussions going on in the video game world. I am one of your co-hosts, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined, as always, by my co-host, Adam, CS Radical. In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the new Horizon Forbidden West game. We're going to be talking about Street Fighter VI getting announced. We're going to be talking about the PSVR 2 and how it looks. And we're also going to be talking about Call of Duty taking a break for a year. Uh, all that and more in this week's episode. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, we are wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Pixel Play Podcast or searching us on YouTube for Pixel Play Podcast. Uh, we also do shorts on there, so check those out as well. Uh, yeah, if you want to be part of us, we are on socials wherever you want to find us, Pixel Play Cast, and we also have a Discord. We'd love to have you guys join us so you can be part of the conversation with fans just like you. With that, Adam, let's jump into it. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, why are we here? I know, right? I know exactly where you're going with this, and I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I'm I like... have to take a break from clearing a map that really doesn't need clearing, but I really need to see everything in Horizon, but we are here instead doing the show. I am very upset. I am, I'm gonna go talk to my, my HR representative about this. We need we need to look at the fine print and ha- and find that part of the contract that says, uh, sorry, we don't have to do podcasts anymore because uh, Horizon's way better, so uh, no. Yeah, my, my PlayStation's sitting in the corner over there just like sitting down, taking a breath, and being like, thank God he has this podcast, I need a break. <laughs> I mean, technically, Adam, so we, my PlayStation doesn't get a break for anything. It's either YouTube or it's whatever I'm playing. So it's it's getting the work in. For sure. Adam, we both got our hands on Horizon Forbidden West. And I thought we could, you know, just start the episode by just talking about how we feel about the game. You know, what we like, what we don't like. We're not going to get into spoilers here. We're not going to spoil anything about the story. Um, we'll save that for another. I was going to say, there's not going to be a lot of story for either of us to probably break either, because I don't think we, we either of us are that far. <laughs> Oh, God, no, because I just want to do random crap. I see, like, question marks, and it's like, oh, hold up. I got to go check this out. I mean, I'm pretty sure it took me eight hours to get through the initial part of the level before you even unlock the West. So, yeah. Yeah. So, once again, we're not going to spoilers for, for a story, so don't sweat it. But, yes, there is one part where you have to get past, like, there's, like, a gate into the West, and you have to do a bunch of stuff. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Yeah. So, I'm with you. There's, like, a, there's like a significant size of the map, the, like, before you get to the forbidden west and yeah like i just got distracted like oh what's over here what's over there and yeah adam so let's go real quick what what are you liking about the game what's your initial thoughts well after about 15 hours i mean i'm I'm certainly no uh uh one of our viewers jen and chris who's already a finished it and b platinumed it so so he, he put he put the work in but after a solid 15 hours, like, I got to tell you, anything that I've said either in private or on the show about me being a little bit worried about this game is gone. It's gone. There, there's not a single... Th- like, there's minor things we can nitpick right now. We'll, we'll get into that. Don't worry. But, like, dude, I'm having so much fun. I'm remembering exactly why I liked um, Zero Dawn in the first place when I when I first played that. Actually, I shouldn't say when I first played it. I when I actually played it in full in story mode, when I realized that I don't like the normal difficulty. So now I know start on story mode and then just go have fun, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And it for the 15 hours I've done, I mean, minus the fact that I've done basically almost no story content and have just been running around the map. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm with you. I've been. I now have two like. Stat, like ways of existing there's me playing horizon and me wanting to play horizon that's pretty much the world i live in at this point is i either am playing horizon or i just want to be and it is 
you know, encapsulated in my brain. And I just, it reminds me why I love Horizon. The idea of just going around and fighting, you know, robotic or prehistoric mechs. And I, yeah, it, it's an awesome feeling. It's a great game. Uh, it's incredibly gorgeous. Are you playing on resolution or are you playing on performance? So I'm doing, or... I'm doing a hybrid of it. Resolution okay. is amazing. And I actually do recommend people try to use resolution when they can. When it gets into really intensive fights, I will toggle performance. Like, if it's really hectic, I will talk a performance to kind of give myself a better, a more fluent experience. But, like, just traversing and doing, like, side content, I'm sticking on resolution because it's just that gorgeous. They've done a fantastic yeah. job with its lighting, its shadows, the detailing, the fact that, like, you walk in the dirt slowly and you create this big path. But if you run, it's more like footsteps. The Like, the level of detail, even... Little, like, the foxes that run around the map, if they run into a clearing, you can see the brush move. It's those little things that are like, holy crap, this is what the future is now. Like, this is where we're starting. And where we yeah, can go from I, there is just more incredible. I think you're selling me that, because I've been playing on performance, and I think maybe you're selling me that I need to get onto resolution mode. I, I would say, like, try a hybrid method where if you're not doing anything battle-intensive, try to stick to resolution. Like, if you're climbing mountains or, like, looking through ruins, do the resolution mode. And then mm. when you know you're going to get into fights, just quickly talk. Because it's not like you have to like go through some massive amount of menuing. It's literally two clicks. It's not hard. So thankfully, yeah, and thankfully it's, it's seamless too. It's not like you have to yeah. reload the game to do it. It's a seamless transition. Mm. So yeah, I just, I worry that it's going to take me out of the flow by doing that constantly. Well, it depends on how often you're using it. Like I'm only toggling it every eh, maybe half an hour to an hour, depending on what I'm doing. Because even some fights, like if it's like a basic fight against a couple of burrowers, I'll stick to mm. the resolution mode because it's not like it's going to be that difficult. But like if I go, if I'm going into like a uh, what am I looking for? Like a big like uh, base, like a, one of the bases mm. of all the rebels or or any of the uh, the enemy factions. Then mm. I'll probably turn it on because there's a pretty good chance I'm gonna screw it up. So I'm gonna have like ten things fighting me. So then I will turn it on. Mm. But like for the most part, I've tried to stick with resolution because it's it's honestly worth it. It's one of those few games that like even Digital Foundry themselves said like you know we actually recommend you guys take a look at it, which is not something they usually do because performance just makes more sense. Because 60 yeah. frames is always way more worth it. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a good looking game now. You mentioned like the, the burrowers and stuff. What do you think of the create like the animals or the, the robots that they have this time? Because I kind of like I find that they're more animalistic as opposed to prehistoric like the other ones were. And I kind of felt like I had liked the prehistoric look more than like the you got like kangaroos and you've got like the ones that look like gophers, I guess, like. I don't know. It doesn't resonate as well as like giant T-Rexes and Velociraptors and all that stuff. I mean, you still have them like later. I, I don't know if you've gotten to fight a Thunderjaw yet, which I have, nope. and I forgot how much fun they are. So like some of the stuff is still there. It's just they've started doing a little bit more of a variance. And for the most part, they're fine. I will say I don't like the kangaroo enemy types. I think they're called leap something. Yeah, leapers or front, like some sleep yeah. dashers or something something similar to that yeah and i find that they're a bit on the weird side they're they're like the one enemy type that i've seen so far that whenever i see them i just try to avoid them because it's they're yeah. they're a bit of a pain to work with not just because like of their armor or things that you got to knock off just because the way that they move is just it's really difficult to get a good shot in and they mm -hmm. also seem to be a little bit buggy i've had a couple of cases and it's only that monster where they end up like running forward without actually going forward it's just them hopping mm -hmm. over and over and going nowhere 
and it's only that enemy type I've seen it happen, and I've and I've replicated it on three different occasions. So I wonder if it's just based on if they if they like maybe you're hopping near like a fallen enemy because that's usually what causes it. Like it causes them to kind of not understand how to get over it. But like yeah. otherwise, most of the new enemy types that I've seen, like they're fine. Like they they you still see more of the normal types that we that you mm-hmm. see in Zero Dawn. So it's not like. It's not like a completely new thing. We have to relearn the whole system. A lot of the enemies are still there, so you have a pretty good idea of what you got to do for most of them. I mean, the burrower is basically just replaced. I can't think of the the initial enemy. I think just the watchers. I think they were. Yeah, like I like those. They're basically the watchers now. So like they 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 look so much cooler. Sure, but like at the same time, they've mostly stuck to a similar system, and most of the enemies that you see still are are the ones that you're used to. I'm still waiting for the uh, the alligator ones, which I always hated because they scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. But at the, at this point, like, they've done a pretty good job, at least in the enemy types, of, of it being variant enough that it doesn't feel like they just copy and pasted the entire game, but they also haven't, like, completely overwritten everything. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing I was going to talk to you about, and once again, we're not getting into spoilers here, but what do you think of Aloy's character this round? I find that she is more like she's less endearing as as she was in the first game like i i find she's very snarky and very i don't know there's something about her character the way that uh i don't know it's, does her character seem different and does it seem like she's like meaner or ruder is that just me i think she is i'm getting too old for this shit mode i think i think she's like dude i've already saved the world once and now i'm doing this crap again I, I yeah. think this is more of like a battle tested, like no longer like completely un or no, is jaded or un. She's not jaded anymore. I think, I think she's jaded now. I'm seeing this, this is one of those terms that I mix up in my head constantly, but like yeah, jaded is where like you you don't like things and like you you're kind of pessimistic. She she's pessimistic not, she, is the way I find it. She's yeah. not green anymore. She she knows the reality of everything. You know, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game, like she's just sitting there thinking, like, okay, you know here's this crazy world. You know, I was outcasted. I'm just going to try to figure my way through now in forbidden West. It's like, screw all y'all. <laughs> and, the, yeah. and and now with these new factions, it just makes it worse. And, and I'm actually like really interested in where they're going to take this now, because again, without spoiling things, a couple of new characters they've brought in. I have my theories already and I'm really interested to see what they do with it going forward. So, yeah, I just like she's she's got moments where she's like meeting people for the first time or like even she's getting friends like reaching out to her and she's just like, what do you want? It's like the girl like these guys like fought with you and tried like save the world. with you. She knows the world is about to die. I think I'd be a little more concerned about that. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. Go back to your drunken stupor. Aaron's awesome. I know he is awesome. Um, Now, the one thing because I was complaining about this on the discord. I find that the one thing that I am not enjoying with this game is I'm not enjoying the climbing in the sense that, um, and it happened yesterday because I was playing one particular mission or something like that. And I had to do a lot of traversing and climbing and platforming. And I find that the climbing and platforming is at best, like satisfactory at worst, you know, quite frustrating. And I don't remember the last game having as much platforming as this one did. And I find that it's kind of, I'd rather have less of that to do um in the sense that i find that the climbing is very cumbersome they they don't have like the assassin's creed or legend of zelda where you can kind of climb everything thing um what am i trying to say that kind of mechanic is basically sort of set spaces that you can climb and i don't know i'm finding it kind of janky and frustrating 
it's it's kind of like a hard to, to quantify one with me because I don't remember how Horizon's original one was. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it's any different. It feels like an open world game to me where like sometimes I can climb it easily and sometimes I just constantly mash the A button to jump over yeah. and try to force it. Yeah, exactly. Where you're just kind of like spamming it a bit. Yeah, I mean, personally, it hasn't bugged me too, too much. I mean, there's the odd... There's the odd section that, you know, you think you made the jump correctly and you just apparently didn't sprint that extra bit you needed to. But like hmm. for the most part, I don't have too much to complain about it. I kind of like the hook shot a little bit because it adds oh, I a, hate the hook shot. It, add, it adds a little bit of verticality to it. I do think the glider needs a little bit more usage, though, because I haven't used it nearly as much as I should. So it, it's well, it's hit or miss like. I th- actually, you know what? I think the hook shot would be better if it was a little bit more than just go up to a higher ledge or jump slightly above it. I think if you could swing, it'd probably be a little bit better. Yeah, and that's the thing. I ha- like the problem I have with the with the 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 slingshot or whatever is that I find that it's so specific. Like it has to be used at certain points, and oftentimes it's very hard to distinguish when you can use that versus just not. And I feel like they kind of needed to almost have like a way that you can see it easier or use it more frequently because i find i'm often not and i'm getting stuck with puzzles and i just like oh i have to do this because i didn't see it because everything else is yellow here here's what i will definitely nitpick though if you look at the skill trees there are way too many different inputs with each weapon now yeah like see like guys i get it gorilla like you were trying to like be a really like a much more complex game you already were complex enough with all the weapon types that we have and now each weapon seems to have like five different moves for it now. Yeah. And it's like, guys, chill. Most people aren't using them. <laughs> I just want to use a bow. That's all I really want to do is like, I want to use a bow and I haven't used it yet. Cause, but I know it from the last game. I mean, it's like a rope caster. I want to pull stuff down. That's I've ignored most of the skills in the skill tree. I just keep passing by them and going to everything else. I still haven't yeah, even used I'm... the, I don't even think I've used my valor move once. Cause I just haven't, bothered to mind you i am playing on story mode so maybe if you're playing on harder difficulties you might need them but like even even in the like i can only imagine on easy mode it's not going to be much different because like most of the moves almost seem very situational whereas if you're fighting a machine on the ground like i don't think you're going to need to you're not going to be spending time thinking okay i need to do this vertical shot where i shoot three arrows in the air and it comes down on them it's like no, bitch, I'm too busy trying not to die here and getting eaten alive by this giant friggin' dinosaur monster. Uh, let now, me just keep shooting arrows and throwing freeze bombs at it. I think I can handle that. Now, I, I'll actually play it different because I've actually used that one. I used the, the aerial sort of artillery shot, and I did that with stealth. So I've been playing as like a stealth-styled hunter. And so I'll hide in the bush, and there was like I was fighting a bird at some point, and it was a weak to like fire damage or something like that so i did three fire arrows artillery to wipe it out while in cover and nobody saw me so like yeah that one has its purposes but yeah Yeah, i've but there's definitely a lot of moves where it does feel almost like it's overwhelming to an extent like i've literally skipped most of them because i'm like man i i can't i just want to shoot stuff don't don't get too crazy with me i'm not trying to play like if I wanted to play a really complex game i'd I'd go play elden ring which is a bad idea for me which i'm not going to do because i will die a lot yeah, I, honestly, I'm loving the game. Like, it has its nitpicks, but like, that's where I'm nitpicking at a gem. Like, this is a fantastic game. Well, I mean, I even um, said in the Discord, like, any nitpick that I have is completely taken away by the NPC dialogue in in cutscenes. It is incredible what they've done. 
to make mm-hmm. every single character, whether it's Aloy herself or even the smallest, most insignificant person, if it's in a cutscene, they look like they're actually there and not like your cliche Skyrim guy standing perfectly still, staring dead and panned into the, into the camera and just flapping yeah. his gums, except it's not actually matching what he says. This time, yeah. it's the thing of, like, they look away. Sometimes, you know, there's a little bit more inflection in there. Like, there's some hand movements. Sometimes even just the basic thing of, like, tilting their head like this at least makes it seem like it's a realistic-looking conversation. And that alone shows me something that, like, okay, I expect now any major game that does st- cutscenes like this to do that now because it's going to look very weird when it doesn't. See, I will agree with you to, like, 90% of the way, but I find that it almost sometimes goes too far and it almost goes into like off off broadway shakespearean production kind of stuff and i've had a couple times where like people are talking and they do like hand gestures and it's just like people don't talk like this like at one point they're like oh he's like a little too much in the drink and he's like doing a bottle drink i'm like nobody like he's doing like a gesture with his. i don't even care ham it up for all i care it's way better than Uh, what we're used to it's way better than deadpanning it but it comes across a little bit like like i said Shakespearean over the top kind of off off Broadway kind of theater production kind of nah, stuff. Nah, I'm good but for once that. Once again, it's I'm small good. thing. Now I do have one bone to pick, and this is the way the implementation of the game, because I don't know if I'm just dumb or if Sony screwed up, but it's Adam, what version of the game did you get? How uh, did you buy it? I'm confused. What do you mean? Like did you buy like just did you buy a physical copy? Did you buy a digital copy? Oh, we, I I got, I went through digital. I I got my uh my console sharing buddy there that's taking care of that for me. Nice. So, I had the opposite. I got the collector's edition because, you know, I'm a child and I like my toys. And what a mess that was. Uh so this is one of the things I was talking about on the Discord is that with Something like the collector's edition. It's weird to me that I cannot pre-download a game and have it on my console and then just have a, a code or a disc to redeem that because the thing that I ended up having is I took the day off work on Friday to play this game because I was that excited. Yes, I'm a giant nerd. It's fine. My wife knows. I wait for like EB Games to open up because I bought it from there. Get the game, bring it home, open up. And I'm like, I know I have to download the game. No problem, whatever. Put the code in on my phone through the PlayStation app, whatever. Go to download it. I'm going to have some bre- some breakfast, you know, read a book, whatever. And then I, I look at it. Three hours for it to download. I was like, okay, longer than I thought, but whatever. Like, I expect that. Waited three hours. Realized halfway through, it was downloading the PlayStation 4 version of the game, not the PlayStation 5. So I had to download that version. And then I had to download the PlayStation 5 version, which took another, like, three, four hours. So I didn't end up playing the PS5 version until the next day. And let me tell you, that's annoying. That really sucks. It sucks that I cannot preload it. It sucks that it took so long to do it. And that it's not clear when you're downloading what version you're downloading. So I don't know. It sounded like from the people I was talking to that they had similar experiences, but it's just really annoying. And I see that smirk in your face. So what you're saying is digital is better. No. Because <laughs> hey, you could preload it. No, but if I had, no, because if I had gotten the disc, I could have just installed the disc and it would have only been an update. It would have been so much easier. So yeah fix that for sony that, that sucks I, yeah, I mean i, I like- knew ahead of time that you had like if you were if you're gonna get the ps5 upgrade you had to wait until day one so i had the ps4 version downloaded mm-hmm. and then as soon as it turned midnight on on release day i immediately like popped in to get the ps5 copy had that downloading overnight while i went to bed like i i was at least on the ball on that sure is it a little bit strange that like 
I guess I'm assuming in your scenario that you just put in the code and it just automatically just went to PS4. Yeah. Like, did you did the copy that you buy PS was PS5 or was it a PS? No, it, the box says PS5, but it gives you a code for PS4 and PS5. Okay, that's actually kind of weird. I wonder if that's yeah, an, it, I wonder if that's an oversight on Sony's part. Yeah, it, it it's just and it wasn't clearly like, because like I try and find it, and you like search on the store, and the app is just a whole issue. So like that's a problem. But like it's not clear. Like hey, here's the PS5 version or the PS4. Like I look for it, and they're like buy Horizon. I'm like I literally just redeemed it. So I don't know. Maybe I'm a moron. I don't typically do the digital thing. Um, but it was a it was a headache. And so I actually did play the PS4 version on the PS5. That game is rough on the PS4. Yeah, I it's a little not... it's a little edgy from what I hear. Yeah, I as much as they made this for both consoles, I don't think I would recommend it on PS4. I would say wait to PS5 and play it on the PS5. It even my wife came down and she's like, oh, that like that looks rough. Now, it's not bad. It's not it's not a cyberpunk kind of cube car. It's not broken. Experience. It's not broken, but it is not optimized. This was made as a PS5 game, not as a PS4 game, and it shows. So if you can wait, I would highly recommend waiting and playing it on the PS5. Either that or give it a month and see what happens in patching. I don't think that's the case, though, because I don't think that they see it as an issue. Like, this was a PS5 game, and it originally it was meant to be exclusive, and then eventually they said there was a PS4 version. Well, I imagine they're still going to be patching regardless, so there might be some, like, optimization issues just to kind of, like, deal with smaller things. So, like, maybe in a month or so, it, it'll be a little bit better. But you're probably right in, in assuming that the game was originally designed to just be a PS5 game, so there's a pretty good chance that they probably just scaled it down as best they could to try to make it fit. Hmm. <clears throat> anyways i love the game i can't wait to play it like that's all i want to do now is play it so yeah anything you want to add on horizon before we move on um i i like that they tried to have their own gwent in strike oh my god i hate it i love it i hate it i love because here here's what it's it? here's what it's basically amounted to to me it's chess where you don't attack ever until your opponent's up to you I found the only thing that's worked for me is literally letting the AI fuck itself. Just like, let it come to me, put itself in a dumb position, and I kill two monsters off. And it just, it can take some of my guys out because it has a better team than mine. But it's because I've already got the early game so that it can't catch up because it can't do enough damage to catch up to all my stuff. See, I don't know, and I can't speak to it because I've only I've been playing on normal. I find, and I'm not taking your strategy, like I'm actually going out onto the field, but I find that there is a lot of strategy and you, like I've had situations where the game, like the computer has beaten me as well. I love the game and I find it's very strategic. I really like it. I kind of sometimes just want to play that by itself. Like I kind of wish there was a, a mobile game that I could just, when I'm not playing Horizon, because this is the problem, it's in Horizon. So do I play Horizon or do I play, you know, Machine Strikers? I almost want to play Machine Strikers on my phone when I'm not playing Horizon. I uh, I, find I don't like I don't really hate cool. it, but I'm sitting there being like, eh, this isn't the best one I've come across. Like, I thought what Final Fantasy VII remake did for their game, which is more of like a sort of a tower defense ish kind of battle game, I mm -hmm. thought was like a good blend of like it's not too strategic, but it's strategic enough that it doesn't feel like you're just pressing X to win. This mm -hmm. one I honestly felt was them trying to be strategic with a board game, and the AI doesn't support it well enough to make it actually strategic. Because anytime I've tried to play with any level of tact, I've always either, like, 
I'll, I'll try to play the high ground as best as I can, but then all it takes is one turn that he just has two Ram units, knocks me off the field, and all my things are gone. So, like, mm-hmm. I found it was just way easier to let him come to me, put himself in a grassland position where there's, like, no bonuses to anything, or just, like, for some reason attacking one of my units that's way out of the way and just turning its back to everything else and then just pouncing. Like, that's that's been what's worked really well for me so far, and I haven't had an issue since like i've gone through two strike masters with that strategy and it's been flawless so okay for next week i want you to try next time you're playing horizon bump the difficulty up to normal and try it again and see if it works Is, i can't imagine the, the ai has anything to do with strike do you not think so i don't think it would well let's let's, let's do some science then. i i would let's, i would doubt i mean i can honestly that's a good test i can do after the show but like my brain yeah. doesn't think that the difficulty would actually change the ai and their side game that they had because I, I, mean, I don't know I essentially just... like it's supposed to be beginner strike at the beginning at it so i wonder if the difficulty is more based on like how deep in the game you get yeah because i played the first one i played the first one in like chain scrape or wherever and then I played the second one in uh, Bright something or whatever. Brightgate. I don't know. Oh, the and uh, Baron Light. Baron Light, thank you. And yeah, I got my ass handed to me in like the first or second round. So like... I only got my ass me- handed to me in the like the initial starting game. And then as soon as I just said, you know what, screw it. I'll just let them come to me and just attack. And I haven't lost since. So hard to say yeah, try it on the higher difficulty i want to see i'm curious because i haven't done that strategy either so i can't say whether it's different on normal but i'm also gunner not... gunner units are your best friend they're cheap as oh, right. hell right they are so cheap Striker. i love them machine strikers is awesome i love that game cool all right speaking of games let's move on to some new ones that have been announced did you see that announcement for um street fighter 6 I did, uh, although it's more related Countdown to the fact for- that everybody was really thirsty about Ryu in that trailer. Oh, well, I mean, the guy's built like a dumpster. Like, like if you haven't seen this, like, it's basically... And it's disproportionately, like, how big the... Like, it's like he makes Marcus Phoenix look like a tiny little, you know, dweeb and how, how ripped and jacked and bulky this guy is i mean he's had a lot of years to really figure out his training regimen so he really should be this well built at this point yeah for sure although although he's uh... he's definitely downgraded from the old man beard ryu yeah it's weird how that how that change happens so yeah this was the thing that capcom was counting down to what's your reaction are you kind of disappointed are you happy where do you fall in this whole i mean for capcom this is a big deal I mean, that, that's a big announcement no matter where you slice it. It's just, for me personally, it doesn't mean much. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fighting game player casually. Like, I'm not an online guy, but, like, the esports community was lit up on this. And, I mean, again, yeah. it's one of Capcom's biggest properties. Like, that's actually a big announcement. Sure, we were all sitting there mm-hmm. thinking, like, Resident Evil 4 remake or something like that. But, like, in the end... Street Fighter makes a lot of sense to be something that's, like, a big reveal that has a countdown timer for them because that is arguably their biggest franchise so Mm -hmm. it's it's not out of the realm of possibility does it move the needle for me no i still want to play guilty gear and haven't done that yet or grand blue fantasy versus haven't done that hell i haven't even played mortal kombat 11 yet i'm still waiting for that i'm waiting for the aftermath pack to drop below like 20 bucks so i can just snag the whole thing up 
like I don't I don't play them to play them online. So it usually just is like a run through the story mode, have some fun romping stuff, and then I'm done. So yeah. the announcement is cool. I did play Street Fighter Five. I did like Street Fighter. I've always liked Street Fighter. It was just not in the extent of all right, I'm going to go online and like hammer at 100 matches. <laughs> That's just not my style with fighting games. So I totally get it. Everybody's super over the moon about it that are in that community. And and albeit, they honestly deserve it because they milked five as much as they possibly could oh, and yeah. then proceeded to keep milking the completely dried up tit. So I, I, I'm pretty happy for the Street Fighter community that they finally have something new to look at soon. Yeah, so for me, I'm not a Street Fighter person, and I'm not even a fighting game person. Like, if I'm going to choose a fighting game, I'm choosing Mortal Kombat. And But even still, I don't play that one. And the problem I find with, with fighting games, one, they're not for me, and I'm not saying that there's a problem with them. It's just, for me, the issue is, and I've always had this problem with, like, being as a kid and growing up with friends and stuff, is that the inherent problem with fighting games is that you are either, you get you go and buy a fighting game, and you own that fighting game. So you play it so you can unlock the characters and stuff. And then your friends come over to play. And you're like highly trained. You know all the moves. You know all the skills. You know all the all the things. And your buddy has no idea. So then you just, just start destroying him. They're not having fun. So then they walk away. So the only other people you can play with are the people online who have also put that time in. But then you're playing with people who are in professional esports tournaments. And they're kicking your ass. So long story short, I don't play fighting games. Uh, that being said, I don't know. Like I... I guess for Capcom, yeah, it is one of their bigger, bigger franchises and stuff, but I don't know how much, you know, it, it is one of their bigger franchises, but I don't think it's that big. I mean, I'm looking here and as of May 15th, 2020, so Street Fighter V sold a combined 4.5 million copies across PS4 and PC. Um, so, but it did surpass Monster Hunter. So like it is a, one of the top tens. I'm surprised they just kind of let this out in this way. Like I thought they'd do something a little bit grander for it is with it being cat with it being street fighter. I mean, I know there's a huge community around it and it just seems like a kind of countdown for a 40 second, you know, body montage kind of thing. Well, in all honesty for fighting games specifically, like this is part for the course, like, uh guilty gear not too long ago uh released a character in their dlc pack named biken who is a staple in the entire series and it was just a quick like 30 set 30 second to a minute trailer that was that was first aired on one of some like major fighting tournament and that lit up like that Hmm. to the fighting community you don't need to tell them much they know what they're expecting like they can worry about the gameplay and stuff later. If you just tell them, Hey, street fighter six is coming. That community is ablaze for the next month. Cause now they're just like thinking, Oh my God, what's this going to do? Like, who's going to be in this? What's the new thing? What's the new, what's like, what's going to be the new, uh, battle says like, what's going to be the gimmick? Like they're all, they're going to be all over this for a while in the same vein that like, if a new character comes out, pop in a 20 second trailer. And for the next week, that's all they're talking about. Like that community is so passionate you don't actually need to give them that much. And it's not like a bad thing either. It's one of those things where it's just like, that's just how much they love it, that they can fly with it and and do it and talk about all they need. They don't need like this 15 minute trailer showing all the details about it. It's a fighting game. They know what they're expecting. Mash this to do this. Here's all the combo lists that they'll check later. And and when they go pause the game to completely spend like a two hours trying to practice this one, like 15 input combo and they'll get ready for the next tournament when they see uh, how broken that character is or how useless that character is, one or the other. So they honestly don't need that much. And that trailer, while a lot of people on the outside will probably sit there and be like, wow, that's kind of underwhelming. 
I guarantee you, the Street Fighter community does not think that at all. They are super hype. Yeah, I think for me, it then comes down to the question of doing a whole countdown for this. Because like you said, the fighting community doesn't need much. Did they need to have this hype and this countdown? Or was this one of those things they could have kind of dropped a trailer and the word would have gotten to the people who need it? I mean, to be completely honest, it's, it's just PR. It's let everybody guess. So that way journalists have a bunch of stuff they can throw into the rumor mill so that gets everybody hyped about these other things honestly like it's a great thing to do if you're a company to throw a countdown in there because now you get all these articles written about oh it might be this it might be this engaging the reactions to all those things if there are ideas you haven't done yet all of a sudden you see wow somebody was really talking about that game we haven't even thought about that that maybe we should bring that back and see what happens like it's honestly a great idea if you're if you're a business to throw like a countdown, it doesn't even matter if it's anything big at this point. Cause if it's underwhelming, whatever, like they'll forget and get mad at something else within the next two days, mm-hmm. like probably the next time state of play comes up, you know, cause that's usually how it works. But, um, like in, in all honesty, like the countdown is more or less for the people on the outside to, to get hyped for everything else they're interested in. And then once it drops, you know, yeah, a lot of people probably went, oh, Street Fighter, really? They're going to come back to the next countdown. If Capcom did a countdown next week, everybody would be like, oh, what's this one going to be? This might be Resident Evil 4. It's going to go right back to the same thing again. You can't overdo it. But, like, if they did it two times, in, like, two weeks in a row, it, it'd be the exact same reaction. It'd just be mm-hmm. one less community going, okay, so we know it's not us this time. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, I, I don't think the countdown has any disadvantage if you're doing it like once in a blue moon. Like if Capcom doesn't do another one of these for six months, we're not going to remember that the, that Street Fighter 6 was announced via Countdown. So right. I, th- I think it works out fine for them because it gets enough chatter on the outside to at least make them know like, okay, are there projects we should be interested in? Or hey, I guess rumors start to come out of projects that are already in the make so people can get hyped for the next announcement that maybe happens to be that thing. Or, you know, it's just, it's overall just, people like to guess, honestly. Yeah, it's a fair point. All right, Adam, speaking of stuff that got announced and that we got to see glimpses of, uh, Sony basically showed us what the PSVR 2 looks like. Uh, So, yeah, uh, if you guys haven't seen, it's on the PlayStation blog. Uh, It's basically this white sort of very rounded shape visor. It pretty much looks like the PSVR 1, just a little bit slicker. Uh, we get to see the controls here with like the little circular round inputs. It basically looks like a dual sh- dual sense broken in half. Adam, what do you think of what do you think of the aesthetic and what kind of where do you does this make you more excited? Does this make you less excited about PSVR 2? What are your thoughts? Well, without having played the original headset, I don't really know necessarily like what to expect from it. Like the design itself, I love it. Like I love the way that it looks, that's for sure. Um like, and I'm more interested, honestly, with this headset because of the controllers and the haptic feedback. That's always been the big thing that's had my interest to begin with. And then when you hear things like how they've reduced motion sickness and it's uh, the way that it's more ergonomic, which is a big thing, because I've had he- VR headsets before on, not specifically the original PSVR, but I've had other ones on. They can get a little bit uncomfortable after a while, so it's not the greatest thing. And then hearing other things, like even simple things like, you know, this these little vi- bits of ventilation that can help, you know, keep the the lenses from being fogged up. Like just little things like that. I, I do like that attention to detail. And it's one of those things that, you know, by the time that we get to when uh, the price gets announced, that's really going to determine whether or not it's something that I even 
maybe I won't get it at launch. Obviously, I I wouldn't really have much of a use for it at launch because there's there's probably going to be a lot more free games that go out on PlayStation uh, Plus pretty pretty soon. But um, I you know in all honesty, like it's if it's a fair price, like let's say their loss they're they're operating at a loss when they announce the price for this thing kind of like what they do with every console you know let's say it's uh, let's say it's 2.99 or 3.99 US one or the other either's probably fair given what the tech is i'd look at that and be like okay how worth it is it going to be and if you're a big vr person that sounds like something to go with right away for me it's going to be okay if we see in the next year or so what actually starts getting made for these, if they start making some like legit experiences, and we've said this before because we've talked about the uh, the PSVR many times on this on this show, um, if they get to a point where they start announcing some really solid looking games, it's going to be really hard to pass up after a while. And everything that I've seen about this system so far, whether it's come down to its specs, some of the games that we've seen, like the Horizon game, obviously for example, is very interesting to me. Um, and even just the basic things of like the haptic feedback, like I said, with the controllers and like actually looking like something that isn't just a novelty, like they're taking a serious shot and maybe trying to make like a legitimate VR peripheral that will actually make this industry going forward, use it all the time. It's always going to be something that's interesting. It's just going to be a matter of, okay, is the games going to be what, what actually draws us in this time? Or is it going to be another VR peripheral that has like three really good games on it and everything else is mostly shovelware or tech yeah. demos. Yeah, I, I, you're totally right. Like I did get a PSVR one and one of the things that they do not need to spend a lot of time on is improving the, the comfort of it. Like the PSVR one is very comfortable. Uh, it's not painful to kind of keep on your head for long periods of time. That ventilation aspect is a huge, huge game changer, though, because one of the problems with the original PSVR is that there is no ventilation. And so you've got this plastic, silicone, rubber, whatever thing strapped to your face that basically creates a seal around your face. And so your body's naturally just giving off heat. You've got a computer running on the other end of of the of the lens. And you're doing like activities, right? Like you're doing beat saber, you're waving around, you're ducking, you're dodging, you're doing all this stuff. So you're working up a sweat and there's no ventilation. Those goggles did get foggy and like you did have to wipe them every once in a while. So like that is going to be a huge thing, having that ventilation. I love the fact that you've got these, um, the dual sense kind of controllers. Um, I think having analog sticks is going to be a huge bonus because one of the problems with the original VR was the input devices that you had because you just were basically using PlayStation Move wands. And so you were limited to the sense that you were always going to be in one place unless you did like the whole transporting thing that I think uh, Skyrim did, that Vader, um, Vader VR did, where you're stuck in a spot until you transport to another spot and then you're standing still having those analog sticks that you can kind of move around and navigate is going to be a huge game changer for, for that system. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, I think it's going to be good. The, the ability to have like adjustment knobs for the lenses and stuff. I hope it just makes it super easy and intuitive. And I think that's what they're doing, but you're right. It's going to come down to the experiences because you can have the best tech, but if there's no meaty and I'm, I'm going to say like meaty, like, you know, good chunk, like big, game on there it's not going to do well to have these small little experiences are fun but it's not going to be what i want to look forward to or get lost in right like like we're, we're not we're not is- asking for a horizon 40 hour epic like i'm asking for something that like 
is a solid campaign of like five to 10 hours that actually feels legitimate mm-hmm. because that's going to be the only way to make this better. Like you can have as many like gimmicky, like games you can pop in and play for an hour every once in a while. But like there needs to be that, wow, this is a game changer kind of level game. Like Half-Life Alex was kind of that. We need mm. like PSVR two needs that, but even better. It needs like something beyond like it needs to have like, it's her- like, I guess for, this is being the first really game on the console that might actually be a big change for everybody. Like it needs, it's forbidden West. It needs hmm. like that one game that you go, this is a game you have to get on this. Not like, ah, hmm. oh, this game's pretty good. This game's pretty good. This is a pretty fun experience. It's like, no, you need to get this system just to play this. That's what the PSVR yeah. two needs. Yeah. I think hopefully one of the things that I hope they fix, and I think they've talked about this is the tracking right because one of the problems with the original one is that you had to always be facing the tv and so that limits your 360 sort of immersion because you can't turn all the way around otherwise it gets really really wonky and i think they fixed that with this headset so now that you have that full 360 sort of experience it's really going to help out um but yeah i think there's a lot of opportunities for this and i'm really excited to see like you're right i want to see more experiences that you know we don't get anywhere else like something i was thinking that like seeing is like could you imagine if like they made a time crisis game like time crisis would work so well for this in the sense that you can, you know, go into cover, you turn around the corner, take a couple shots, you know, you duck for cover like that kind of stuff would work. I mean, rail really shooters well is like, I'm surprised there really hasn't been like a lot more of them because you'd hmm. figure like they're foolproof for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did make some rail shooters. Like there was that um, rush of blood, like where you're on a roller coaster doing that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, the, um, um yeah, it was like uh, the what, uh, was, what was the series it was from? Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they had that, um, and they had uh, Blood and Truth or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I I think that there's more opportunities for this, and I'm I, I can see how they're going to use Horizon in this game. Like, I can see them using the rock climbing and the climbing aspect. You know, doing the bow and arrow with the controllers. Like, it's awesome, and I think it's going to be really neat to see what they do with this. I kind of hope that, you know, it gets to the point where we can use a dual sense, like use these VR controllers as regular controllers as well. Cause like it doesn't have all the button inputs, but they're designed to be pretty close. So I imagine like, you're not, you're not going to be able to get like the full extent because you're not going to have like all these extra inputs that you would on normal controller, but that's what the motion's for. So Hmm. you kind of hope that it does like kind of uh, make up for the fact that it doesn't have nearly as many button inputs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause like, could you imagine playing horizon with like, these controllers just sitting on the couch playing with these and like you can just like wiggle to like do something i think kind of i think we're gonna get to a point where like third person games it's still a struggle i think like most vr games you're gonna have to just understand that it's gonna be first person you got to deal with that hmm. so i i think that's why it was a great idea initially when you saw like borderlands getting in vr or skyrim going to vr i think like and obviously it, it will be harder now if uh microsoft decides to suddenly be like actually activision blizzard you're not gonna make any more games for sony but like like we said before, Call of Duty would be a great thing to be putting in VR because, I mean, it literally it literally just makes perfect sense to put the best first-person shooter franchise on there. But then again, now we have Bungie, if we're talking Sony, we have a Deviant game. So there, there's going to be options, you know, who knows? Maybe Bungie has a new IP that they're already working on right now that might be a PSVR 2 title. Who knows? There's always these yeah. possibilities. Or like even working with another studio just to kind of like help them along. I like that's now that I think about it, that would be a really strong idea. If you, if you want to really showcase, okay, this is why you need to get VR two and you throw a bungee label on top of a game that you're making. 
that might get some attention because a proper first-person shooter in VR being made by one of the kings of first-person shooters, yeah, that that's going to get some attention. Hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. I unless at this point, I'm I'm at the point where Sony needs to screw this up for me not to want to buy this. Like, it's this kind of true. So like funny. I'm like I'm still not going to get it at launch, but like 12 months from now, like whenever the launch date is, like let's say it's fall this year. Like I'm throwing a, a name. It's probably not even that. Although they're putting enough information out that it's making me wonder if that might actually be the case. I think this is going to be a 2022 launch for sure. So let's say it's out. It's out in October. By about October, November 2023, we're going to know for sure if I'm buying this thing. Like, that that's how I'm looking at it. I might already have it by that point, depending on how it goes, because I may not be able to hold back in the same way that I have kind of trouble not spending money on other things. But, um, yeah, we'll definitely see. Like, if there is a library that makes, that actually has, like, a couple of games that you're thinking, okay, I don't, I'm not buying this thing to intend to play this all the time. But at least I'm gonna feel like I'm not gonna get like completely phased out. Like when it like when I bought the Wii U, I thought, man, this is gonna be so good because there's so many good games on it now. And then three years later, I'm like, I've bought like three games since. What the hell? Yeah. Like I'm hoping that with PSVR two, assuming I do end up buying it, that yeah, I'll have my library at start. But I'm not gonna be six months down the road being like, man, there's nothing for this thing. What am I doing? Like, what am I doing yeah. with it sitting on my shelf? And that's assuming that i can hold back that's what like the first 12 months is going to be to see if there's a consistent launch lineup and it's not like just shovelware either yeah i think like i said it's going to come down to the games and i think sony needs to have a balance of tentpole games that are must plays you also need to have stuff like like the beat sabers and stuff where you constantly come back just for that experience so and, and i think we're gonna I all just, be, we're gonna have like a ton more conversations about it. like especially when they start when they announce a hard date maybe they even throw mm-hmm. some more games in there that they're potentially working on like there's gonna be a lot more to this conversation it's one of those things we've honestly talked a lot about on the show and for good mm-hmm. reason like it's legitimately looking like something that might actually be a big game changer going forward because i think both of us really want vr to be a thing mm-hmm. it's just it's it's kind of like how i felt with the connect when it first came out i'm like man this is cool but we're God, we're nowhere near where it needs to be for this to be good. And I'm hoping well, that VR2 it's... is that, like, first moment where we're like, okay, this is starting to get on the path that we need to be on. Because, like, I from what I felt from, like, any other VR headset that I've ever worn, like, I'm like, okay, this is cool, but I don't feel like this is needed yet. I don't feel like this is, like, has to have stuff yet. I think th- I think there's two things here. One is I think the, the market is also much different now with PSVR2 coming out. Because I know, like oculus is becoming uh a lot more accessible i've had a lot of friends who've reached who said like hey like i bought like an oculus i bought a vr headset because they're getting more affordable and they're easier to to function so i think one i think they're becoming more ubiquitous out in the wild and i think sony's going to have a situation where they need to be competitive because they're no longer just the only accessible ones in the market but i think too the other thing that they need to be looking at and i hope playstation's doing this is they need to look beyond just making this a like just a, a gaming system. Cause I think there's a lot of potential here and I've talked about that before, you know, you can use the old headset, you can watch um, movies and stuff on screens that almost look like they're 50 K theater screen or 50 K 50 foot, you know, movies. yeah, that'd be huge. But like, it looks like you're in a theater, but this resolution is terrible. So having this larger 4k experience, like, yeah, it'd be great if you could start watching concerts and sports and movies and stuff from that perspective. Um, 
or I think even if they started doing events where, you know, like I said, concerts or even, you know, PlayStation experience where you can be like right there and look around at like the massive shows that they do. It'd yeah. Really if, cool if, if they do a E3 presentation, <laughs> have you actually have like an event where there's just a VR camera, like sitting in a seat somewhere and you can just kind of <laughs> feel like you're actually there watching. Mm-hmm. Even something as simple, like, People, like, I'm sure somebody just heard that and laughed, thinking, who the hell would watch that? You really underestimate, like, how cool that feeling would be. Like, right. like just, just like, especially assuming that you have, like, the surround sound with this camera, too, so you can actually feel like you're in the building. Like, that's oh, the kind of thing that, like, it, yeah. something little like that. I mean, for us, obviously, because, you know, your dream, especially, is to go to E3, if, hmm. it, if it ever happens again now at this point. But Gotta believe, um, Adam. Gotta believe. But, uh, like, even something as simple as that, like, everybody, obviously, you you upgrade to concerts or sports games or things like that. But even something as simple as being there for a keynote speech, where you just get to be there, like, when, when like, they reveal, like, Uncharted 5, and you get, you just hear, like, the roar of the crowd as everybody else is freaking out about it. Like, that's contagious. Like, even that alone, like, people think that that might not mean much. But something as simple as that, and it's literally, like, I'm assuming it's this simple now, because I think we do have the tech, but, like, it's simply just cording off a couple of seats to make sure nobody knocks the thing over and then just slapping a friggin' tripod down with a camera in there. That's it. Yep. I'm assu- like, I'm I don't know how the audio would work f- so much. Cause I think sometimes like at this point, VR cameras and their audio setups are a little bit, eh, but like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that's too hard to figure out. I- I'm still in the mind that like, I, I really think the, the first person that comes out with like a, a VR concert where, Hey, spend 10 20 bucks and you can be at this live concert any venue any show and any seat for 20 bucks and you can listen to your favorite bands play live could you imagine what that would be like that would be awesome that's a hell of a subscription service if there is a vr level kind of netflix thing where they just put like all these events there and you pay like 15 20 bucks a month and you can just watch all this stuff right like any concert like if you want to see some concert that you know they're not playing like you're in a small town you're not like near a big city and you want to go see you know some random like norwegian metal concert boom you can go and watch it on vr there like that would i mean be awesome. i mean I'm, I'm trying to figure who who thought the idea of bringing that vr camera with them it seems like a really bad kind of concert to bring it to that thing's getting knocked over but no but once again what if you raise it so it's not you're above the audience now you've got a little you know vr camera hanging you know 10 feet above the audience and now you've got the best seat in the house yeah but then it's not that whatever that's 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 for them to figure out not us that's we're, problem, we're, we're yeah. just throwing that's, ideas out there you can steal our ideas, ideas just there, you know yeah. don't don't forget to, to throw the check in the mail but yeah if you if you if you go with that idea and it becomes billions can we at least just get a free subscription yeah yeah that's all i don't even want I'm, like look if if i get something out of it I'm, I'm gonna feel okay about it speaking of subscriptions Let's switch gears and we could talk about a game that has lots of subscribers. Uh, Call of Duty. So this actually broke just before. That was a terrible segue. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying. Uh, This actually broke just like an hour or two before we came on the air. Uh, So there's a Jason Schreier came out saying that there's going to be a delay in Call of Duty for 2023. It'll be the first year that they're in decades that there hasn't been a call of duty so i'm going to extrapolate a little bit here from austin goslin at polygon uh this year's call of duty will be a new entry in the modern warfare franchise um oh sorry i skipped a part trick's next call of duty game won't arrive in 2023 while this year's call of duty is still on track next year's has been delayed and will not release in 2023 according to a report from Bloomberg. this year's call of duty will be a new entry in the modern warfare franchise and is developed by infinity ward activate 
Infinity Ward. Activision announced earlier this month Infinity screwed this up infinity ward will also develop a follow-up to call of duty warzone one that is supposed to launch sometime in 2022 bloomsburg's reports uh says that this year's call of duty release is planned to get a steady stream of additional content bloomberg also reports that there will be a new free-to-play online title released next year that Treyarch is helping develop so basically we're not going to get a proper 2023 um a 2023 call of duty it's going to be kind of put on hold we're still getting 2022, but we're not going to get 2023. Uh, Adam, what do you think the reason for this is? I have no idea what the reason is, unless it's just the fact that like COVID screwed up their crunch, although I don't know or how that would work because considering, but I guess I'm going to throw the joke in there. Most of the game's copy and pasted anyway. I don't know why it's that hard just to do some asset making with maps, but hmm. um, I'm not really sure what it is, honestly. And you know, as as we've had with early reporting, there's not really a clear answer as to why yet. But mm-hmm. the one thing that seems to have stand or stood out is that Activision Blizzard is concerned that the games might be cannibalizing each other. And I want to just say, Activision Blizzard, like just so you guys know, this wasn't a problem before Vanguard came out or Warzone came out. I should say this wasn't a problem before that. Did you maybe think that having a constantly always running Call of Duty game might have a problem pulling people from the other Call of Duty games that you guys make? Did, did you not think about that for a second when you were too busy looking at Fortnite and be like, that looks like money? <laughs> Your formula yeah, I... has worked for forever. By the way, this is the first time since Call of Duty 1 and 2 that there has been a year break in between. No, that can't be right. I'm just looking at Wikipedia right now. There is no break in years except for that one time. What about one? And two, what about like Call of Duty two and and Call of Duty like World War like the one that they did the third two one? and three one year three and four one year Modern Warfare and World of War one year Modern Warfare Holy two cow. Black Ops one year like they're all one year apart for up and, since 2005 there has been a Call of Duty game every single year. Wow. I didn't realize that. Now, technically, actually, that's not true. There were two games in 2020. I was about to say Warzone probably kicked one out. Nope, there was Black Ops Cold War in 2020. So there has always been Call of Duty games on release every year, except for 2004. That's it. Yeah, so it's interesting if that's a result of the pandemic. I think there's just there's a lot going on at Activision. Activision's kind of busy right now, and they're, they've got a lot on their plate. And I think with the acquisition of from microsoft like that's also impacting it but i think you're right i think call of duty just needs to kind of get their stuff aligned like i think they've kind of added too much and now it's a question of where do they go from here they're they're kind of falling prey to like a similar thing that activision did with guitar hero where it's just it's too much and and now that warzone exists because it is a constantly always online thing you there's no way that people are going to suddenly be like you got to keep up with the seasons every time in warzone but all of a sudden here's a new call of duty game they're like but but i have a season to play i have i have this battle pass i have to to max out and that's that's the thing i think they're kind of like they are cannibalizing their own their own group in that i think there's a small group that wants to play call of duty and there's a group that wants to play warzone but i think the venn diagram is much larger in terms of its correlation than what separates them so yeah i think they just need to figure out are they going to become a live service game and i can see them doing that i think what they can kind of do is say hey we're going to have you know warzone warzone's going to be a thing but we're going to have different flavors so you want a 
World War II style one. We're going to release a World War II Call of Duty with a war zone. We'll keep that active until that one falls off the cliff. And then a couple of years later, we'll come, we'll come out with a, you know, modern warfare one. Keep that one alive. So I think you might get fewer and fewer. Yeah, they Call could honestly benefit game. more. Like they have three teams. They have Sledgehammer, Treyarch, and Infinity Ward. Like you'd almost be better served. Okay, you, you're working on this thing of Warzone for the next three years. You, hmm. in the meantime, you're going to work on a whole new IP we're going to start up. We're going to tr- we're going to start throwing some darts to the wall, see what you can do. And then in the mm-hmm. meantime, you guys get a little bit of a break. You help out each of the two teams. And then when it's time, we'll get you ready to make the next war zone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, could, it, see, it see seems them. like their usual plan of just, okay, you work on this Call of Duty for three years while you work on this one for three years while you work on this one for three years. It's now at the point that now that war zone exists, it's kind of thrown it all out of whack, it seems. Yeah, it, it's there's just too much of it for what they need. Like, they don't need a new Call of Duty when they have Warzone. And Warzone negates that. Like, what what does a new game bring that aside from an aesthetic that you can't change with an update in Warzone? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's working well for Fortnite. It just, it never stops. Yeah. But this is also an issue that we've talked about with like live services as well, is that there are only so much time that multiplayer, like these kind of players will go for and you're competing for their time and attention that not all of them are going to be massive successes. Yeah. It's also the fact, like, like you said, like, it it made Call of Duty did so well. It's because no one could touch them. <clears throat> like in 360 era, no one touched them. You could <clears throat> not go anywhere without people playing Call of Duty. Now yeah. there's so much else. Like you have <clears throat> the Soulsborne people. They have their own market now, and a lot of people have left Call of Duty because that's their thing now. You <clears throat> have the open world games that there's just so much of those going on. You have the east now. The esports is a thing. That community's pulled a bunch of people out. So like. They don't have as easy control as they used to in the 360 era where like you put Call of Duty on, on screen and like literally you're guaranteed 10 million people right there, like without even yeah. showing what the game is. Now it's not as easy. Like they could probably still hit that 10 million just on the basis that there's so many more players to take from now, but it's hmm. not the same anymore. You're not going to get that like they're going to be here for like six months playing this game on stop. Like it's not happening anymore. Well, I think you have to remember too where, where we're coming from in that you have to remember that the early like aughts that was the era of the first person shooter. Everything was a first person shooter. Um, they took, you know, RTS games, made them into first person shooters. Like that was what happened. And that era has come and gone to a certain extent. Like they are still popular. I'm not trying to take away like call of duty is the number one selling game every year for like the last several years. So but... what you're saying is call of duty needs to be an open world assassin's Creed game. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. So, but so, I think, no, so we, I think we just... need 120 hours of just aimlessly walking in first person mode with the odd tower to climb and like the odd thing to shoot. Sure. I mean, the check writes itself, really. Yeah, it's um, true. But I think I think it's just that you now have a situation where you have two options, right? Hey, here's a $60 game, you know, until it comes on, you know, Game Pass or whatever. Here's a $60 game with a campaign and a multiplayer. And let's be real. Most people are playing it for that multiplayer. Or, hey, here's a free multiplayer that you can play. No one's going to buy that that $60 game because the campaign has never been the focus. And you've talked about this before of like, hey, I'd rather just be able to buy a single player campaign game by itself. And, and that's kind of the hope with Game Pass, too, is that we'll be able to do that soon. So, like, if you just want to mm-hmm. play the campaign and get it over with, there, there's your option. That's kind of the hope, too. Like, I really mm-hmm. do wish that, and we've probably talked about it before, I wish they just do the $20, $30 campaign model. And just separate. Mm. Like, look, if you just if you don't care about the multiplayer, at least pay us this much. Go play the campaign. Have a blast. I feel like mm. that's the money that they've been leaving on the table too. Hundred percent. So, 
And they've gone the other way because they said, screw it, we're not going to do a campaign. Yeah, that's true. And then that bit them in the ass. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. So time will tell. All right, so let's finish off, as always, with our favorite game on the show, Trophy Stumpers. So, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening to us, we play a little game here called Trophy Stumpers. Well, I give Adam 10, 10 trophies from a game. He gets three guesses, uh, and he has to guess what the game is. Adam, you're on a hot streak. You think you're going to get to this one? You say that as I lost last week. Did you lose last week? Yeah, because I guess Wolfenstein won instead of two. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, technically it's a loss, but I mean, that was still, pr- you were cl- you were in the right ballpark. You were just looking at the wrong No, area. no, 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 that's still, that's still a loss. I have to take it. All right, I'll give you the I'll give you the L then. There you go. At the record show. All right, Adam, are you ready to go? Yes. All right. I'm gonna go with the, right, let's go random first. First trophy. Ow my balls. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. We're we're starting off with the memes, are we? Yep. Hijack it. Which is hijack it? Hi, Jack it. Oh, okay. okay. Wait, so okay, sorry, sorry. Before, before, how is that fully spelled? Because, like, the context might help me here. H-I, and then J-A-C-K, and then I-T. Okay, so it's high apostrophe, Jack it. Okay. There's no apostrophe, but yes, that is the... Or term. comma, sorry. Yeah. And third one, your backseat smells funny. Okay. You got cl- to you got to guess now. You got one guess. The trophy list. They're on it. Okay, I just got. I'm. I'm pretty sure I already know where this is. I just so there's a pretty good chance I'll get this on the basis of that. I don't think I can run out of guesses. Okay. Well, if you want to, you, you get three guesses. So you get one guess now, and if you get it wrong, I'll give you three more. Do you think you know like? What like the tro the trophy naming sequence? This screams Saints Row to me. Okay. So I'm just trying to think of which game started ball kicking like as an actual thing. I'm just gonna th- I'm gonna throw the easy one out. I'm just gonna say Saints Row the third and like go from there. It is Saints Row the third. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as like out my balls, I'm like okay. All right, so we're going we're going meme right off the bat, and then when it was high jacket and the spelling of it, I'm like, okay. And what was the third one again? Because I completely like like uh, tuned it out. Your backseat, your backseat smells funny. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those are the yeah. kind of trophies that just scream volition. Oh yeah. So like, as soon as you head. started that, I'm like, okay. I'm pretty already. I'm already pretty sure. Give me a couple more trophies because I want to see like if if I would have like really easily narrowed it down afterwards. So the original order I was going to give you was thank you very much, tank you very much mm-hmm. pimped out pad which i thought would have given it away a bit actually the probably american... not okay the american dream uh then it would have been hijacket and then the american dream ow my balls cowboy up okay yeah this is a bit like the ow my balls would have definitely started getting my brain going yeah cowboy up your backseat smells funny dead presidents oh, gangsters yeah. in space Oh, Gangsters in Space would have been a giveaway. That that was oh, the giveaway right yeah. there. Yeah. As soon as you would have given that one, I'd be like, okay, I know exactly what we're talking about. 100%, now. yeah. Yeah. Man, that was a good trophy list. Yeah, no, like, like as much as, as I think I'm still a little unsure about how I'm going to feel about the, the new Saints Row coming out, 
like i i gotta say like there like even though the remaster is is a little like was a little rough around the edges when i played it like i, I if you have not played saints row whether it's three or four it doesn't really matter which one at this point you gotta play them the, like if you like Grand Theft Auto even in the slightest, you have to play Saints Row for the idea of just seeing what happens when you turn Grand Theft Auto into an absolute comedy fest. It's what so good. What happens when Grand Theft Auto says, fuck it? <laughs> well, I think even Volition said, like, at one point, there was no such thing as a bad idea when they went to the drawing board. Like, it's it's kind of like, they, they were, well, Yakuza came before Saints Row, but Saints Row was Yakuza before we knew Yakuza really was a thing. Hmm. <laughs> Like now, now yeah, that, that game gets wild. Yeah, like, like you, you at one point you're fighting like you're flying a, a rocket ship, and I've never played the game, but I've just heard stories like you become the president, you fight Satan. Like literally, the first mission of Saints Row Four is you saving, I'm assuming the world, but mostly America, from an evil military man. And as you're on this climbing this this nuclear missile to disarm it, Aerosmiths don't or won't don't want to miss a thing or what? Or yeah, you you know which song of what I mean. Like, that's playing in the background. Like, just simple things like that. Like, you know that they're they're going full cheese on it. And then on oh, top yeah. of that, you have things like, you literally have Rowdy Roddy Piper as a playable ally as you go through, go like, re-go through his They Live storyline from, like, the John Carpenter movie. Like, stuff like that. And, of course, obviously having, like, a purple dildo bat and, you know, a black hole gun and all these, in the dubstep gun and all these weird things. Like, yeah... Yeah, it it literally just goes and then be like, look, throw darts at the board and it doesn't matter what it is. It's not a bad idea. Let's do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's a game I never got into. I'm excited for the new one to come in. I'll definitely give that one a shot. I, I'm reserved about it only because I it feels like I'm assuming that it's not going to be part of the same canon anymore because it would be really weird if it was. But like... Mm-hmm. My my only worry is that it's been so long that and Volition also has had some struggle. Like Agents of Mayhem was a god awful game, mm-hmm. so like there's that worry in me that being like, have you guys kind of lost what what it was? Like I'm I'm always concerned, and I and I guess like so far from the trailers that we've seen of of the new Saints Row, I'm not I'm not getting the same vibe. Like it doesn't feel the same anymore. It doesn't feel like that goofy like. I, I'm not seeing the funny part of it. Like it, it looks like the wacky just cause part of it that that it does have. But I'm not seeing the comedy side of it, which is what's even the bigger seller to me. Because yeah, if you want crazy like stunts and stuff, Saints Row does that too. But so does Just Cause. Saints Row's selling point has always been its jokes, its storytelling, like that just goes in line with the jokes and just the absolute absurdity. I haven't seen the absurdity apart from the Just Cause like jumping off of a building with a car kind of absurdity but that's not the absurdity i'm talking about i'm talking running around in a panda suit hitting people with baseball bats like that's what i'm talking about yeah it'll be interesting to see how it resonates like in this day and age and like it'll be interesting to see i hope we get like a proper gameplay show that can show me a little bit more but like what i've seen so far doesn't doesn't make me think that this is like saints row it feels more like it's saints row one when it was starting mm-hmm. again. And I'm not sure I like that because Saints Row 1 was not very good. Saints Row mm-hmm. 2, it started embracing the chaos and it got better. And then 3 is when they perfected that formula. Yeah, but I mean, the first one was meant to be a little bit more... They were trying to be a GTA uh, clone at the time. Yeah, oh no, I remember that. So, eh. Anyways, Adam, 
I think this is a good excuse for us to sign off so we can go play more Horizon. That is a good point. Why didn't we stop like an over an hour ago? We should have just done like a five minute podcast and be like, sorry guys, Horizon, really, really good. Go play it. Okay, bye. Horizon, Horizon you get it. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for real. Thank you for sticking with us. We really appreciate it. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you could find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Pixel Play Podcast or by going to YouTube and searching Pixel Play Podcast, Pixel Play, all one word. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for Pixel Play Cast. We'd love to hear from you guys there. Uh, as always, we are trying to push to 100 listeners and subscribers. So if you are listening to this and you thought it was okay, hey, why don't you tell your friends and family that, hey, this is an okay podcast. You should listen to it. You don't know anything about gaming? That's okay. Just listen to it anyways. The guys are adorable. We like them. Uh, so yeah, if you want to do that, we'd greatly appreciate it. But yes, we'll leave you there. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week. Let's go play Horizon. Bye.